0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 49 to 50 and in the previous episode we read chapters 47 to 48. And in the previous episode we started, we were focusing more on Percy, Jason, Piper, um, Hazel, Frank, Leo. Those two groups we focused more on and their objective to rescue Nico. So now we are now going to focus on Annabeth. Uh, We left off with Annabeth before um on her facing arachne so now we're gonna see how that battle is going if she's holding up we're probably gonna get some of our concerns answered during these chapters so i hope you're excited just as i am we're gonna read chapter 49 annabeth annabeth had reached her terror limit She'd been assaulted by chauvinist ghosts. She'd broken her ankle. She'd been chased across a chasm by an army of spiders. Now, in severe pain, with her ankle wrapped in boards and bubble wrap and carrying no weapon except her dagger, she faced Arachne. A monstrous half-spider who wanted to kill her and make a commemorative tapestry about it. In the last few hours, Annabeth had shivered, sweated, whimpered, and blinked back so many tears that her body simply gave up on being scared. Her mind said something like, Okay, Sorry, I can't be any more terrified than I already am. So instead, Annabeth started to think. The monstrous creature picked her way down from the top of the webbed covered statue. She moved from strand to strand, hissing with pleasure, her four eyes glittering in the dark. Either she was not in a hurry or she was slow. Annabeth hoped she was slow. Not that it mattered, Annabeth was in no condition to run and she didn't like her chances in combat. Arachne probably weighed several hundred pounds. Those barbed legs were perfect for capturing and killing prey. Besides, Arachne probably had other horrible powers, a poisonous bite, or web-slinging abilities like an ancient Greek Spider-Man. No, combat was not the answer. That left trickery and brains. In the old legends, Arachne had gotten into trouble because of pride. She bragged about her tapestries being better than Athena's, which had led to Mount Olympus's first reality TV punishment program. So you think you can weave better than a goddess. Arachne had lost in a big way annabeth knew something about being prideful it was her fatal flaw as well she often had to remind herself that she couldn't do everything alone she was she wasn't always the best person for every job sometimes she had she got tunnel vision and forgot about what other people needed even percy and she could get easily distracted talking about her favorite projects but could she use that weakness against the spider maybe if she stalled for time though she wasn't sure how stalling would help Her friends wouldn't be able to reach her, even if they knew where to go. The cavalry would not be coming. Still, stalling was better than dying. She tried to keep her expression calm, which wasn't easy with a broken ankle. She limped toward the nearest tapestry, a cityscape of ancient Rome. Marvelous, she said. Tell me about this tapestry. Arachne's lips curled over her mandibles. Why do you care? You're about to die. Well... Yes, Annabeth said, but the way you capture the light is amazing. Did you use real golden thread for the sunbeams? The weaving truly was stunning. Annabeth didn't have to pretend to be impressed. Arachne allowed herself a smug smile. No, child, not gold. I blended the colors, contrasting bright yellow with darker hues. That's what gives it a three-dimensional effect. Beautiful. Annabeth's mind split into two different levels, one carrying on the conversation and one, the other one madly grasping for a scheme to survive. Nothing came to her. Arachne had been beaten only once by Athena herself, and that had taken godly man- magic and incredible skill in a weaving contest. So, she said, did you see this scene yourself? Arachne hissed, her mouth foaming in a non-attractive way. You are trying to delay your death. It won't work. No, no, Annabeth insisted. It just seems a shame that these bad, beautiful tapestries can be seen by everyone. They belong in a museum. Or or what? Arachne asked. A crazy idea sprang fully formed from Annabeth's mind, like her mom jumping out of Zeus's noggin. But could she make it work? nothing she sighed wistfully it's a silly thought too bad Arachne scuttled down the statue until she was perched atop the goddess's shield even from that distance animus could smell the spider's stink like an entire bakery full of pastries left to go bad for a month what the spider pressed what silly thought animus had to force herself not to back away broken ankle or no an every nerve in her body pulsed with fear telling her to get away from the huge spider hovering over her oh it's just that I was put in charge of redesigning Mount Olympus she said you know after the Titan War I've completed most of the work but we need a lot of quality public art the throne room of the gods for instance I was thinking your work could be perfect to, be, to, to display there the Olympiads could finally see how talented you are as I said it was a silly thought Arachne's hairy abdomen quivered. Her four eyes glimmered as if she had a separate thought behind each and was trying to weave them into a coherent web. You're redesigning Mount Olympus, she said. My work in the throne room. Well, other places too, Enabit said. The main pavilion could use several of these. That one with the Greek landscape. The nine muses would love that. And I'm sure the other gods would be fighting over your work as well. They'd compete to have your tapestries in their palaces. I guess, aside from Athena, none of the the gods has ever seen what you can do. Arachne's staff snapped her mandibles. Hardly. In the old days, Athena tore up all my best work. My tapestries depicted the gods in rather unflattering ways, you see. Your mother didn't appreciate that rather hypocritical, Annabeth said. Since the gods make fun of each other all the time, I think the trick would be to pit one god against another. Ares, for instance, would love a tapestry making fun of my mother. He's always resented Athena. Arachne's head tilted at an unnatural angle. You would work against your own mother? I'm just telling you what Ares would like. Annabeth said, and Zeus would love something that made fun of Poseidon. Oh, I'm sure if the Olympians saw your work, they'd realize how amazing you are. And I'd have to broker a bidding war. As for working against my mother, why shouldn't I? She sent me here to die, didn't she? The last time I saw her in New York, she basically disowned me. Annabeth told her this story. She shared her bitterness and sorrow, and it must have sounded genuine. The spider did not pounce. "'This is Athena's nature,' Athen- Arachne hissed. "'She casts aside even her own daughter. "'The goddess would never allow my tapestries "'to be shown in the palaces of gods. "'She was always jealous of me. "'But imagine if you could get your revenge at long last.' "'By killing you?' "'I suppose,' Annabeth scratched her head. "'Or by letting me be your agent. "'I could get your work into Mount Olympus.' I could arrange an ex- exhibition for the other gods. By the time my mother found out, it would be too late. The Olympiads would finally see that your work is better. Then you admit it, Arachne cried. A daughter of Athena admits I am better. Oh, this is sweet to my ears. But a lot of good it does you, Annabelle pointed out. If I, da- da- if I die down here, you go on living in the dark. Gaia destroys the gods, and they never realize you were the better weaver. The spider hissed. Annabeth was afraid her mother might suddenly appear and curse her with some terrible affliction. The first lesson every child of Athena learned. Mom was the best at everything, and you should never, ever suggest otherwise. But nothing bad happened. Maybe Athena understood that Annabeth was only saying these things to save her life. Or maybe Athena was in such bad shape split between her Greek and Roman personalities that she wasn't even paying attention. "'This will not do,' Arachne grumbled. "'I cannot allow it.' "'Well,' Abbott shifted, trying to keep her weight off her throbbing ankle. A new crack appeared on the floor, and she hobbled back. "'Careful!' Arachne snapped. "'The foundation of the shrine have been eaten away for over centuries.' and of its heart heartbeat faltered. Eaten away? You have no idea how much hatred boils beneath us, the spider said, the spiteful thoughts of so many monsters trying to reach the Athena Parthenos and destroy it. My webling is the only thing holding the room together, girl. One false step and you'll fall all the way to Tartarus. And believe me, unlike the doors of death, this would be a one-way trip. A very hard fall. I will not have you dying before you tell me your plan for my artwork. Ambit's mouth tasted like rust. All the way to Tartarus? She She tried to stay focused, but it wasn't easy as she listened to the floor creak and crack, spilling rubble into the void below. Right, the plan, Ambit said. Um... As I said, I'd love to take your tapestries to Olympus and hang them everywhere. You could rub your craftsmanship in Athena's nose for all eternity. But the only way I could do that <sighs> no, it's too difficult. You might as well go ahead and kill me. No, Arachne cried. Th- this is unacceptable. It no longer brings me any pleasure to contemplate to contemplate. I must have my work on Mount Olympus. What must I do? Anna shook her head. Sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. Just push me into Tartarus or something. I refuse. Don't be ridiculous. Kill me. I do not take orders from you. Tell me what I must do. Or, or, or you'll kill me? Yes. No. The spider pressed her front legs against her head. I must show my work on Mount Olympus. Emma tried to contain her excitement. Her plan might actually work. But she still had to convince Arachne to do something impossible. She remembered some good advice Frank Zhang had given her. Keep it simple. I suppose I could pull a few strings, she conceded. I excel at pulling strings, said Arachne. I'm a spider. Yes, but to get your work shown on Mount Olympus, we'd need a proper audition. I'd have to pitch the idea, submit a proposal, put together a portfolio... Hmm. Do you have any headshots? Headshots? Glossy, black and white. Oh, never mind. The audition piece is the most important thing. These tapestries are excellent, but the gods require something really special. Something that shows off your talent in the extreme. Arachne snarled. Are you suggesting that these are not my best work? Are you challenging me to a contest? Oh! "'No,' Arachne laughed. "'Against me?' "'Gosh, no. "'You are much too good. "'It would only be a contest against yourself "'to see if you really have what it takes "'to show your work on Mount Olympus.' "'Of course I do.' "'Well, I certainly think so, "'but the audition, you know. Eh, "'It's a formality. "'I'm afraid it would be very difficult. "'Are you sure you don't just want to kill me?' "'Stop saying that!' Arachne screeched. "'What must we make?' I'll show you. Ameth unslung her backpack. She took out Daedalus's laptop and opened it. The Delta logo glowed in the dark. What is that? Arachne asked. Some sort of loom? In a way, Annabeth said. It's for weaving ideas. It holds a diagram of the artwork you would build. Her fingers trembled on the keyboard. Arachne lowered herself to peer directly over Annabeth's shoulder. Ameth couldn't help thinking how easily those needle-like teeth teeth could sink into her neck. She opened her 3D imaging program. Her last design was still up. The key to Annabeth's plan, inspired by the most unlikely muse ever, Frank Zhang. Emma did some quick calculations. She increased the dimensions of the model, then showed Arachne how it could be created. Strands of material woven into strips, then braided in, uh, into a long cylinder. The golden light from the screen illuminated the spider's face. You want me to make that? But this is nothing. So small and simple. The actual size would be much bigger, and was cautioned. You see these measurements? Naturally, it must be large enough to impress the gods. It may look simple, but the structure has incredible properties. Your spider silk would be the perfect material. Soft and flexible, yet hard as steel. I see, Arachne frowned. But this isn't even as tapestry. That's why it's a challenge. It's outside your comfort zone. A piece like this, an abstract sculpture, is what the gods are looking for. It would stand in the entry hall of the Olympian throne room for every visitor to see. You would be famous forever. Arachne made a discontented hum in her throat. Amber could tell she wasn't going for the idea. Her hands started to feel cold and sweaty. This would take a great deal of web, the spider complained. More than I could make in a year. Annabeth had been hoping for that. She calculated the mass and size accordingly. You need to unravel the statue, she said. Reuse the silk. Arachne seemed about, seemed about to object, but Annabeth waved at the Athena Parthenos like it was nothing. What's more important, covering that old statue or proving your artwork is the best? Of course, you have to be incredibly careful. You need to leave enough webbing to hold the room together. And if you think it's too too difficult... I didn't say that! Okay. It's just... Athena said that creating this braided structure would be impossible for any weaver. Even her. So if you don't think you can... Athena said that? Well, yeah. Ridiculous. I can do it! Great! "'but you need to start right away because "'before the Olympians choose another artist "'for their installations.' "'Arachne growled. "'If you are tricking me, girl, "'you'll have me right here as a hostage.' Annabeth reminded me. "'It's not like I can go anywhere. "'Once the sculpture's complete, "'you'll agree that it's the most amazing piece "'you've ever done. "'If not, I will gladly die.' "'Arachne hesitated. "'Her barbed legs were so close "'she could have impaled Annabeth with a quick swipe. "'Fine,' the spider said. "'One last challenge.' against myself. Arachne climbed her web and began to unravel the Athena Parthenos. That's the end of chapter 49. That was definitely one of the most fascinating chapters by far yet. I know I keep saying this for every single chapter, but I think the more and more I read these chapters, is just, I find new information is just so fascinating just seeing different ways that these demigods are coming up with, like the way the that Annabeth came up with this method or idea to trick Arachne into not killing her is something that nobody would, would have been able to think of. And it's truly showing how sometimes brain can be better than brawn. Sometimes brawn can be better than brain. So it really depends on the situation. And it seems like in this matter... Brain was the one that was victorious. Because not only was Annabeth able to trick Arachne into letting her go, but now she's taken advantage of Arachne's pride and used it into a mechanism of which she uses it against Arachne so that she's able to survive, and Arachne is just stuck with her own pride. So this is definitely going to be very, very, a very, very interesting chapter as we go along and read the next chapter as well, chapter 50. So... Don't go anywhere, maybe grab a quick snack, maybe a quick glass of water, whatever you want, and stay, stay tuned for the, next, for the next part of this episode after the break. And we're back from the break, and now we're going to read chapter 50, Annabeth. Annabeth lost track of time. She could feel the ambrosia she'd eaten earlier starting to repair her leg, but it had still hurt so badly that the pain throbbed right up to her neck. All along the walls, small spiders scuttled, scuttled in the darkness as if awaiting their mistress's orders. Thousands of them wrestled behind the tapestries, making the woven scenes move like wind. Annabeth sat on the crumbling floor and tried to preserve her strength. While Arachne wasn't watching, she attempted to get some sort of signal on Daedalus' laptop to contact her friends, but of course she had no luck. That left her nothing to do but watch in amazement and horror as Arachne worked, her eight legs moving with hypnotic speed, slowly unraveling the silk strands around the statue. With his golden clothes and his luminous ivory face, the Athena Parthenos was even scarier than Arachne. It gazed down sternly as if to say, bring me tasty snacks, or else. Ameth could imagine being an ancient Greek. Walking into the Parthenon and seeing this massive goddess with her shield, spear, and python, her free hand holding out Nike, the winged spirit of victory, it would have been enough to put a kink in the chiton of any mortal. More than that, the statue radiated power. As Athena was unwrapped, the air around her grew warmer. Her ivory skin glowed with life. All across the room, the smaller spiders became agitated and became retreating back into the hallway. Anbeth guessed that Arachne's webs had somehow masked and dampened the statue's magic. Now that it was free, the Athena Parthenos filled the chamber with magical energy. Centuries of mortal prayer prayers and burnt offerings had been made in its presence. It was infused with the power of Athena. Arachne didn't seem to notice. She kept muttering to herself, counting out yards of silk and calculating the number of strands her project would require. Whenever she hesitated, Annabeth called out encouragement and reminded her how wonderful her tapestries would look on Mount Olympus. The statue grew so warm and bright that Annabeth could see more details of the shrine. The Roman masonry that had probably once been gleaming white. The dark bones of Arachne's past victims and meals hanging in the web and the massive cables of silk that connected the floor to the ceiling. Annabeth now saw just how fragile the marble tiles were under her feet. They were covered in a fine layer of webbing, like mesh holding together a shattered mirror. Whenever the Athena Parthenos shifted even slightly, more cracks spread and widened along the floor. In some places, there were holes as big as manhole covers. Annabeth almost wished it was dark again, even if her plan succeeded, and she defeated Arachne, she wasn't sure how she could make it out of this chamber alive. So much silk, Arachne muttered. I could make 20 tapestries. Keep going, Ambeth called. You're doing a wonderful job. The spider kept working after what seemed like forever. A mountain of glistening silk was piled at the feet of the statue. The walls of the chamber were still covered in webs. The support cables holding the room together hadn't been disturbed, but the Athena Parthenos was free. Please, wake up, Annabeth begged the statue. Mother, help me. Nothing happened, but the cracks seemed to be spreading, spreading across the floor more rapidly. According to Arachne, the malicious thoughts of monsters had eaten away at the shrine's foundations for centuries. If that was true, now that it was free, the Athena Parthenos might be attracting even more attention from the monsters in Tartarus. The design, Annabeth said, you should hurry. She lifted the computer screen for Arachne to see, but the spider snapped. I've memorized it, child. I have an artist's eye for detail. Of course you do, but we should hurry. Why? Well, so we can introduce your work to the world. Hmm, very well. Arachne began to weave. It was slow work, turning silk strands into long strips of cloth. The chamber rumbled, the cracks at Annabeth's feet became wider. If Arachne noticed, she didn't seem to care. Annabeth considered trying to push the spider into the pit somehow, but she dismissed the idea. There wasn't a big enough hole, and besides, if the floor gave way, Arachne could probably hang from her silk and escape, while Annabeth and the ancient statue would tumble into Tartarus. Slowly, Arachne finished the long strips of silk and braided them together. Her her skill was flawless. Annabeth couldn't help being impressed. She felt another flicker of doubt about her own mother. What if Arachne was a better weaver than Athena? But Arachne's skill wasn't the point. She'd been punished for being prideful and rude. No matter how amazing you were, you couldn't go around insulting the gods. The Olympians were a reminder that there was always someone better than you, so you shouldn't get a big head. Still... Being turned into a monstrous, immortal spider seemed like a pretty harsh punishment for bragging. Arachne worked more quickly, bringing the strands together. Soon the structure was done. At the feet of the statue lay a braided cylinder of silk strips, five feet in diameter and ten feet long. The surface glistened like abalone shell, but it didn't seem beautiful to Annabeth. It was just functional. A A trap. It would only be beautiful if it worked. Arachne turned to her with a hungry smile. Done. Now, my reward. Prove to me that you can deliver on your promises. Emma studied the trap. She frowned and walked around it, inspecting the weaving from every angle. Then, careful of her bad ankle, she got down on hands and knees and crawled inside. She'd done the measurements in her head. If she'd gotten them wrong, her plan was doomed, but she slipped through the silken tunnel without touching the sides. The webbing was sticky, but not impossibly so. She crawled out at the other end and shook her hand. "'There's a flaw,' she said. "'What?' Arachne cried. "'Impossible! I followed your instructions!' "'Inside,' Emmet said. "'Crawl in and see for yourself. It's right in the middle, a flaw in the weaving.' Arachne foamed at the mouth. Ameth was afraid she'd push too hard and the spider would snap her up. She'd just be another set of bones in the cobwebs.' Instead, Arachne stamped her eight legs petul- petulantly. I do not make mistakes. Oh, it's small, Ambed said. You can probably fix it, but I don't want to show the gods anything but your best work. Look, go inside and check. If you can fix it, then we'll show it to, Liam- uh, to the Olympians. You'll be the most famous artist of all time. They'll probably fire the nine muses and hire you to oversee all the arts. The goddess Arachne... Yes, I wouldn't be surprised. The goddess. Arachne's breathing turned shallow. Yes, yes, I will fix this flaw. She poked her head into the tunnel. Where is it? Right in the middle, Annabeth urged. Go ahead, might be a big snug for you. I'm fine, she snapped and wriggled in. As Annabeth had hoped, the spider's abdomen fit, but only barely. As she pushed her way in, the braided strips of silk expanded to accommodate her. Arachne got all the way up to her spinnerets. "'I see no flaw,' she announced. "'Really?' Ambit asked. "'Well, that's odd. Come out, and I'll take another look.' Moment of truth, Arachne wriggled, trying to back up. The woven tunnel contracted around her and held her fast. She tried to wriggle forward, but the trap was already stuck to her abdomen. She couldn't get through that way either.' Annabeth had been afraid that spiders' barbed legs might puncture the silk. But Arachne's legs were pressed so tightly against her body, she could barely move them. What is this? She called. I'm stuck! Ah, Annabeth said. I forgot to tell you. This piece of art is called Chinese handcuffs. At least it's a larger variation on that idea. I call it Chinese spider cuffs. Treachery! Arachne thrashed and rolled and squirmed, but the trap held her tight. "'It was a matter of survival,' Annabeth corrected. "'You were going to kill me either way, whether I helped you or not, yes?' "'Well, of course. You're a child of Annabeth,' the trap went still. "'I mean, no! Of course not. I respect my promises.' Uh "'Uh-huh.' Annabeth stepped back at the braided cylinder and began to thrash again. Normally, these traps are made from woven bamboo, but spider silk is even better. It will hold you fast, and it's much too strong to break, even for you. Gah! Arachne rolled and wriggled, but Annabeth moved out of the way. Even with her broken ankle, she could manage to avoid a giant silk finger trap. I will destroy you, Arachne promised. I mean, no! I'll be very nice to you if you let me out. I'd save my energy if I were you. Annabeth took a deep breath, relaxing for the first time in hours. I'm going to call my friends. You're going to call them about my artwork? Arachne asked hopefully. Annabeth scanned the room. There had to be a way to send an iris message to the Argo II. She had some water left in her bottle, but how to create enough light and mist to make a rainbow in that dark cavern? Arachne began to roll around again. You're calling your friends to kill me. She shrieked, I will not die, not like this. Calm down, Annabeth said, we'll let you live. We just want the statue. The statue? Yes, Annabeth should have left it at that, but her fear was turning to anger and resentment. The artwork that I'll display most prominently on Mount Olympus, it will be yours. The Athena Parthenos belongs there, right in the central park of the gods. No, no, that's horrible. Oh, it won't happen right away, Annabeth said. First, we'll take the statue with us to Greece. A prophecy told us that it has the power to help defeat the giants. After that, well, we can't simply restore it to the Parthenon. That would raise too many questions. It will be safer in Mount Olympus. It will unite the children of Athena and bring priests to the Romans and Greeks. Thanks for keeping it safe all these centuries. You've done Athena a great service. Arachne screamed and flailed. A strand of silk shot from the monster's spinnerets and attached itself to a tapestry on a far wall. Arachne contracted her abdomen and blindly ripped away the weaving. She continued to roll, shooting silk randomly, pulling over braziers of magic fire and ripping tiles out of the floor. The chamber shook. Tapestries began to burn. Stop that! Annabelle tried to hobble out of the way of the spider's silk. You'll bring down the whole cavern and kill us both. Better than seeing you win, Arachne cried. My children, help me. Oh, great. Ameth had hoped the statue's magic aura would keep away the little spiders, but Arachne continued shrieking, imploring them to help. Ameth considered killing the spider woman to shut her up. It would be easy to use her knife now, but she hesitated to kill any monster when it was so helpless, even Arachne. Besides, if she stabbed through the braided silk, the trap might unravel. It was possible Arachne could break free before Annabeth could finish her off. All these thoughts came too late. Spiders began warming into the chamber. The statue of Athena glowed brighter. The spiders clearly didn't want to approach, but they edged forward as of gathering their courage. Their mother was screaming for help. Eventually, they would pour in, overwhelming Annabeth. Arachne, stop it! She yelled. Oh! Somehow, Arachne twisted in her prison, pointing her abdomen toward the sound of Annabeth's voice. A strand of silk hit her in the chest like a heavyweight's glove. Annabeth Annabeth fell. Annabeth fell, her leg flaring with pain. She slashed wildly at the webbing with her dagger as Arachne pulled her toward her snapping spinnerets. Annabeth managed to cut the strand and crawl away, but the little spires were closing on her. She realized her best efforts had not been enough. She wouldn't make it out of here. Arachne's children would kill her at the feet of her mother's statue. Percy, she thought. I'm sorry. At that moment, the chamber groaned and the cavern ceiling exploded in a blast of fiery light. And that's the end of chapter 50. Wow, what a what a way to end this episode. In the first part, initially, you know, obviously Annabeth is still smart for this, but it was almost like her plan was little to none flaw- flawless, at least that's what I was thinking, because it was so well thought out, and being able to convince Arachne that, you know, her tapestries will be displayed, taking advantage of her pride, stuff like that made her really, really, or made the planner extremely smart, and showed Annabeth as really clever, but I think as it moved on. I guess the emotions also started to take control of Annabeth once again, and that's where it started to not go as well. That's where it started going downhill. So we'll have to see what happens to Annabeth and Arachne after this, the ceiling of the boulder collapses. Hopefully, she's able to survive. Hopefully, she doesn't injure her leg anymore. But I guess that's something that we'll have to see until next week. Um, moving on i want to do some shout outs for this episode as well again if i miss anybody please let me know i'll be i'll try my best to have you in the next shout out and yeah so let's let's go ahead and start number one rachel elizabeth dare number two pj number three loretta and number four nikay.md again if i miss anyone's names please let me know and i'll be happy to shout out your name once again, thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you guys would like to support me, my link to my the link to my Patreon is in the description of this podcast, and it would be great if you guys could show show some support. Totally optional, but I guess again, once appreciated, very appreciated. All right, so that's a that that is how we're gonna conclude this episode. I hope you guys had a great time listening to this episode as much as I did reading this episode. And I hope that you guys, until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom.